Hey folks, this podcast goes beyond the saddle as we explore professional careers across the equine industry. I'm your host, Katie Kleinbell. Let's tack up and head out. Hey listeners, this episode was recorded at the 2019 AAEP Convention, which is the American Association of Equine Practitioners Convention, held in Denver, Colorado about a year ago. So we're happy to bring you this episode now, and you can learn more about Nutramax Laboratories Veterinary Sciences, Inc. and Melissa Consalvo. Today we welcome Melissa Consalvo, and she is the equine brand manager for Nutramax Laboratories Veterinary Sciences, Inc. And Melissa and I get to work together outside of podcast land, so it's really fun for me today to get to talk to her and get to know her a little bit better. Thanks so much for joining us, Melissa. Well, thank you for having me. Well, we will jump right in and get to know you a little bit. So can you give us a synopsis of what your job is and what it is that you do? Well, I manage the equine brands at Nutramax Laboratories, Veterinary Sciences, Inc., as you so uh, introduced me. So those brands include Cosequin, which I'm sure many of your listeners are familiar with, and that is a well-known joint health supplement brand. We also have two other brands that we work with, which is Proviable EQ and Wellactin Equine. Proviable EQ is a yeast-based probiotic, and Wellactin Equine is an omega-3 supplement derived from fish. And I'm involved in all the aspects of the equine business, from product concept of evaluation, executing marketing campaigns, everything in between. So I'm driving strategy to determine packaging design and how we'll allocate budget dollars and marketing initiatives, distribution strategy, like really everything. There's a lot to it for sure. You're a busy, busy bee and thank you for all that you do. Can you maybe give us a typical day in the life of Melissa? There is no typical day, um, but that's actually what I love about my job is that everything is really varied. Basically, every day, every week is different. So, you know, one week I could be flying to a trade show, like I'm doing right now, actually, um, or I could be working out a social media plan, uh, figuring out a photo shoot, writing copy for an e-blast. It really varies all the time, and it's really fulfilling. Every week is different, but really no week is complete without a little bit of ride time. I have a 16-year-old uh, Irish sport horse. He is a red-headed dressage horse that I love so much, and he's also a stand-in for some of the photo shoots that we do for Cosequins, so he's also part of my brand strategy. Very cool. What's his name? His name is Index. That is so cool. I love that name. Well, what's a common myth that people might have about your position or your profession in general? And can we bust it? Well, we can sure try. Um, So I think one of the things that I hear the most about being a brand manager, because we go to trade shows all the time, it's that it's really glamorous. Um, And what people don't understand is that behind the scenes, you're looking at six months or nine months of planning prior to. And then when you get there, you are setting up the booth. You are talking with people all day long. You're going out in the evenings for more meetings. And then when you get back to your hotel room at 9 o'clock at night, you're catching up with home office work. So it is really intense. It's not all VIP tents and exhibitor parties and fancy dinners, I assure you. And the other part of it is, especially when you're working with equine brands, people think, well, marketing is marketing. Um, But to really understand your equine consumer, you have to be an equine consumer yourself. So uh, I think that one of the myths is that you don't have to know much about horses to do this, and I beg to disagree. (laughs) 
Absolutely. It's not something that uh, we can just put out there and put an ad out and, you know, hope it's well received because the, the horse industry is just everyone is so involved and engaged and having that background is just priceless, truly priceless. Makes my job easier for sure. I've got to tell you that. Yeah, definitely. Well, let's talk a little bit about your education and your experience. So what led you here? What was your journey like and, and how did you end up where you are? So my path was not straightforward to say the least. Um, so I started riding horses when I was eight and I grew up doing children's ponies. I did pinto breed shows and then I started doing eventing. And then as soon as I could, I started apprenticing for instructors uh, so that as soon as I turned 18, I ran to get my instructor's license, which I did. And then eventually that turned into me teaching summer camps while I was in college and then um, doing as many lessons as I could on the side for basically anybody that needed a little bit more help in the instructor world. And eventually I got some jobs do, uh, grooming for some really well-respected FEI trainers in the New England area. And eventually those relationships opened the door to this amazing 18-year career of bar management, riding instruction, training, uh, business management, and showing. In 2016, I got my MBA. And what I thought I was going to do with that was make my business grow more and enhance it as best as I possibly could. But what ended up happening is that this amazing door at Nutramax opened for me and I decided to walk through it. Well, I'm so glad that you did. And also, you can clearly see that all that horse experience now, I mean, you have had hands-on in so many ways and it, it's paying off tenfold. I'd like to think so. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, was it obvious that this is where you'd end up? I mean, did you think in a million years that you'd be sitting in the chair that you are today? Absolutely not. Um, so when you are training horses and you're working in that world, you see all these brands and all the different products on the shelves at the tack shop or even, you know, on any e-commerce website. And you think, well, this is stuff that I need to be able to do my job. But you never think about what goes behind getting that product to you. You don't think about the logos that are getting designed. You don't think about the decision to actually put that product there that you happen to see it. And so the fact that I do that now was absolutely not something that I could ever contemplate before. That is so true. I know I walk into the tax store or the farm supply store and I think I'm just buying fly spray or I'm just buying a brush, but there is a whole world that we don't think about a lot of the time of all the people and all the steps it takes to get that product on the shelf. And they talk about horses and work with horses all day, every day. Absolutely. Were there any roadblocks that you hit along the way? My transition from hands-on training into what I do now was uh, it was really a bumpy road. If you think about it, right, I wore breeches every day and boots, and I traded that in for dresses and heels, which is a total lie because I actually love to wear flats. <laughs> um, but the analogy is real fun. So I just packed up my life in New England, and I had lived in New England for really, uh, you know, most of my life. And I took my horse, and you know, we came down to the southeast and put our flag down and decided that we're going to live there and uh, you know that transition was definitely rough and I have to say that I'm really grateful to everybody that helped me along the way. That's so great. I mean I'm glad that you you made the transition but what a leap of faith. I mean I'm not sure that I could do it and uh, but it looks like it's turning out quite well for you. It ended up being really fun and if you're not willing to take risks in your life well, come on you can do it you know. <laughs> what is next for you? What are you hoping to learn next? What are you curious about now? What's on the horizon? 
Um, the biggest thing for me is getting back in the saddle and being serious about my riding. Um, so when I was in New England, really riding was the forefront of my life. And when I came down to work for Nutramax, I let it take a bit of a back seat because I needed to figure out where am I going to live? Who are my horse people, right? Like, what is this job all about, right? So I have finally gotten back into a place where I feel really comfortable. Um, and now it's time to get uncomfortable again and start showing. So um, you'll be seeing Index and I in various different show rings in the southeast, uh, and we're moving up to fourth level this year. So uh, yeah, that's what I'm working on next. Good for you. Back to the saddle. Now is the time. Oh, I, I love that. I'm so happy that that's the road that you're taking, and that's the what's next. That's the best thing to be next is more horse time. More saddle time. Heck yeah. <laughs> Well, if you could turn back time and talk to your 18-year-old self or straight headed into college, what would you say? I would tell that poor girl to relax a little bit. Um, so I was the type of college student that studied. I was very serious about my career. Um, and I thought, you know, if I study hard and if I do everything that I need to do, I'm going to have an amazing career and I'm going to, you know, be so successful. But it turned out that, you know, my life unfolded and I'm just as successful as I contemplated I could be. Granted, it was a totally different career. I could have had some more fun. I could have gone to a party or two. I could have made some more friends. Um, so have fun out there, kids, but not too much. Study hard. <laughs> Well, we are, we're similar that way. I was definitely that student in college as well. And I was mm -hmm. buried in my books and buried in my studies. And I had to have straight A's and all of that. And now I look back thinking, well, I think I might have missed out on a few things. So take our advice, friends. Go out and have a little fun, mm -hmm. but still study. Absolutely. You got to keep on top of that. Can we go back and talk really fast about your educational journey? What was your major? So, uh, funny enough, I have an undergraduate degree in vocal jazz performance. I uh, obviously went a totally different path with that. After that, I went on to get my MBA, and it was much later, right, because uh, I lived life and I managed a couple of businesses and I realized that I really needed to hone my business skills in order to do the best that I could for the businesses that I worked with. Well, I think um, a lot of people are sitting maybe in a college classroom right now or on their way to class and they're thinking, boy, I really love horses, but I'm not studying anything to do with them. And you are living proof that things still come around and you just follow your passion and wherever that lies and you'll end up somewhere great that you're mm -hmm. supposed to be there. Do you have advice for anyone looking to get into the horse industry as a professional today? Um, I think that what you should do is go to school for business. Everybody thinks that they have to be a fantastic rider, a fantastic, uh, you know, instructor, and you do, but you're also going to be a business person. You have to figure out a way to manage your business in a way that it works. Um, and I think that that is the one thing that uh, some professionals in the industry maybe struggle with the most um, because they're so passionate about their craft and they really need to be, but they also need to figure out a way to take that passion and make it make money, not just for them so that they have money to you know, provide for themselves and their families, but also to keep their business churning. And to buy those horses, because Lord knows those you. are not cheap. And, and the other thing, too, is that you don't have to think about saddle time as your only option when you're a professional in the industry. There are websites that need to be developed for equine uh, businesses. There's, uh, you can work as a show secretary for some of the big show businesses that are all around the country. There's a number of different things that you can do in the equine industry that do not have anything to do with riding a horse. Amen. So true. 
Well, let's talk more about horses. You told us about your wonderful horse, um, but we'd like to know, do you have a most memorable moment with horses? Well, I sure do. Um, in my early 20s, I was shopping for horses, as a young horse trainer often does, and I found this like beautiful black mare in somebody's backyard, and of course I purchased her. I thought I was going to make her a dressage horse, but she was really not into that. She wanted to be a, a hunter. Um, so we put her on the market, and at the same time, uh, I had a client who was buying a horse for their daughter. Um, it was this beautiful, white, 19-hand Grand Prix horse. Um, and what ended up happening is that young girl ended up riding my black mare to help me get her some miles out in the hunter ring to help me market her as a hunter. And they got along just absolutely famously. So what ended up happening is we made just this easy swap. She ended up with my black mare and I ended up with this absolutely stunning white 19 hand Grand Prix horse. That isn't real life. And that horse ended up being like my horse of a lifetime. I could never replace that, that magnificent thing. Well, do you have a most memorable moment in your equine industry career? I don't really think that there's one moment, but I think the most uh, important thing that I do it, as a, an equestrian, and I think that everybody can kind of fall into this, is introducing horses to people that think that horses are outside of their reach. Um, every time I got to do that, it was different, and uh, every time it resulted in something new. Perhaps it was somebody that decided that horses were going to be a key part of their life, or somebody that thought that horses were, you know, unapproachable, that suddenly had this sort of understanding with them, that they understood that horses were wonderful. Every time I got the opportunity to do that, it was important, and it still is. That's so rewarding, too. Mm -hmm. Keep that in mind, everybody. We all do our part and bring people to the animals that we love, and we're still here. We're still captivated by them, and we're still talking about them, and they're still our lives. Do you have a horse industry recommendation that you can share? Um, our listeners want to know if there's any products or events or media that you really love that you think they will, too. Um, my biggest advice is to go to the Land Rover Kentucky three-day events. Um, I did not realize how fun it was until I started with Nutramax, and we went um, as a sponsor for that event. And I, I didn't realize I was missing out on so much, like, there's a trade show, there's, you know, this cross-country event that is, blows your mind how difficult these horses are running around, jumping these giant fences, and it just absolutely blows your mind. So absolutely, guys, go to the Kentucky three-day event. Come visit us. Um, yeah, it's definitely one that everybody has to see. Great advice. I have not been there yet, so I'm, I put it on my list. I'm going to go, and I'm going to come see you, and we're going to have a great time. I've got to do it. You're going this year too, right? It's happening. Okay, good. <laughs> do you have a non-horse industry recommendation for us? Maybe it's books. Maybe it's TV. Maybe it's a place you visit. Maybe it's a type of dessert. Just anything under the sun that you think our listeners would like. Okay, so as horsemen and as riders, we are all athletes. Um, and so I have to say that I have tried out every exercise class imaginable. Um, and also, like, I run and I, you know, everything that you can do to stay fit for the saddle, I've definitely tried. But what I haven't tried until recently is hiking. 
and I think that everybody should give that a shot. Um, it gets you into nature, but from a different vantage point. Like if you take your horse out for a trail ride, it's, it's you know, you're used to seeing that viewpoint, but it's very different when you get your actual feet on the ground mm -hmm. and you see all sorts of different things. Plus, you can go up much higher mountains and you can see a lot more. Um, so that's definitely my recommendation. Get out there, get some hiking in. Beautiful. Well, here in Colorado, we've got lots of that. Have you had a chance to hike here? I haven't. I, uh, I came here about a year ago and I did some whitewater rafting and that was amazing, but I am not going to make that one of my weekly activities to stay fit. <laughs> <laughs> well, definitely get outside, take your dog with you, go run some trails and just really, yeah, stay fit so we can ride our horses even better, right? Absolutely. Perfect. Well, the last thing that I have for you is our little games. We're going to play this or that. It's just going to be rapid fire, and I'm just going to list two things, and you're going to pick one. You don't have to have any reason or explanation why, unless you'd like to provide one, but whatever comes to mind first. Okay. Ready? Uh-huh. Are you an early bird or a night owl? Early bird, for sure. Coffee or tea? Coffee. No question. <laughs> when you get a magazine, do you like a digital edition, or do you want the print version? Digital, for sure. Digital age. Uh, when you have to call a vet, hopefully you don't very often, but when you do, do you like a mobile vet or do you take your horse to a clinic? Mobile is definitely easier. Absolutely. And when you're going to a trade show, do you like to arrive on the day of setup or do you go early and scope things out? I like to scope it out. I don't blame you. Mm -hmm. And when you drive, if you go on a long drive, do you listen to music, do you listen to podcasts, or do you listen to audiobooks? I do a combination of all three. That's good, right? You've got to have a little variety. Now it's the month of December, and so we're all in the stores, and we're all shopping in the hustle and bustle, and there's music playing in every store you go into. Are you yay or nay on holiday music in all the stores? I am a yay for some Christmas music. Bring it on. Especially in the month of December. I am, I'm with you. I'm all about it. I say, let's do it. It's time to celebrate and get in the spirit. Absolutely. Does your family make gingerbread cookies or sugar cookies? Um, chocolate chip cookies? <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> Delicious. And this last one is more of a question than a this or that. Are you the kind of person that makes New Year's resolutions? I do not. Um, if I have a goal for myself that I'm really passionate about, I get on that just as soon as I can. She's definitely go-getter. <laughs> I try to be. Well, perfect. You, we did it. We completed all the questions. Thank you so much. We got to know you a little bit. And thank you for your advice. I mean, really some sound advice for a lot of people. I think they can relate to your journey and having trained and been in that role and now taking on this really serious position that you have and, and helping horse owners even more and broadening that reach. Yeah, thank you. It's great to be here. Thanks for riding along. Know someone that would be great to interview? Have questions you'd like answered on the podcast? Send me an email at beyondthesaddlepodcast at gmail.com or join the conversation on social media. You can connect with us and learn more about the Beyond the Saddle podcast by following us on Facebook and Instagram at at Beyond the Saddle Podcast. Find more episodes anywhere that you get your podcasts, such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and more. Beyond the Saddle is a production of the Equine Podcast Network, an entity of the Equine Network.